And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. We are less than two weeks away from what I believe is your favorite holiday of the year. Uh, are you ready for Halloween? Yes, sort of. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. So one of the things um, that I've done this year as I prepare myself for the Halloween season is I bought some lights that okay. I'm going to try to use to sort of streamline my my lighting process for my decorations. Um, we'll see. because Something tells me it's not going to be 100% of a fix. I think I'm still going to have some battery-powered things that I have to set up manually. But the idea here is I got some um, basically LED floodlights I can set up indoors, point one at each window, and... They all basically connect to my phone and I can control them from there with this Wi-Fi connection and all full RGB, different colors, different windows can be different colors now, blues and reds and greens and purples and oranges and whatever, what have you. Um, the Roy G. Biv, yeah? And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I think that's going to streamline some of the decorations. I'm looking forward to getting those set up. Haven't done it yet. And obviously we are approaching, so I got to get that yeah. done soon. But honestly, I usually don't light those things up much more than like the day of the event and maybe a little bit before and after, but on, not much. On times like this, do you wish you did not live on a cul-de-sac? A little bit, but at the same time, actually a cul-de-sac, especially in this town, um, is well trafficked for Halloween. Um, we're pretty well lit. Um, we don't have sidewalks, but there aren't really any sidewalks in town. So going to a place where there's a cul-de-sac and less traffic inherently seems to be sort of like a destination. Kids get carted in. I'm not it's not as busy as like my old condo complex because that was even better for a little self-contained area to cart in kids. Yeah. Um, But even still, I think, you know, obviously we had a lull with covid years. But last year, I mean, I think we had somewhere between 80 and 100 kids. So like it it, Mm -hmm. it's pretty well attended. Have you bought the full size candy bars yet? I have. Yeah. We've got like, uh, geez, each box probably has about 30 in it. So something like 120 full size bars. And I also got a big box of uh, the uh, the 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 pre-made individually wrapped Rice Krispie treats to sort of fill in the gaps. Should we have a, a run? So as always with our discussions, I have there's tons of things that come up. Um, I just noticed something. Uh, on my aunt um, posted something on Facebook. I have a family Facebook where there's like three members of the family that I actually can see their posts. One year <coughs> when when my cousins and I were teenagers, she gave out ba- little bags of chips, like the snack size bags of chips. And apparently, according to my, uh, you know, I have a cousin who is about five months younger than I am. We were born in the same year, so we're all the same age and then one who's a couple of years younger. Um, But my cousin who was my age was offended almost on a deep personal level that my aunt gave out little bags of chips for me hearing that as an adult, I would be like, that would actually be kind of cool. Like varies it up, you know, 
if you're, you know, you get a bunch of candy and then maybe like a bag of barbecue potato chips or sour cream and onion potato chips, I don't necessarily think that would be a bad thing. But uh, what, you know, try to put yourself back into childhood Doc Manson. Would you have been upset if you got chips on Halloween? No, I but I typically would have gone to enough houses that, yeah, having the variety would have been fun, would have been fine. I could see if, you know, if you only were hitting 12 houses or something like maybe that could be more disconcerting. And, you know, like I do feel like the Rice Krispie treats are a little bit of a cop out to some extent. But at the same time, like I said, we got 120 full size candy bars. If that's not enough, well, anybody who comes after that's just got to be happy with what they get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you lived more on like a main drag, do you think you would feel the compulsion to do even more with the decorations and just like really be like a spot to see if you were living like on a main road or something? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'd be a little bit more enthused about setting up and maybe I would do more of that. Um, But that's okay. There's not far in, you know, if you not far from campus, there is a house that has this giant inflatable pumpkin that is, that is huge. It is probably two to three times taller than, you know, your average person, um, which I find particularly interesting. Like, I know you have you have are you doing the shadow like the cardboard cutouts. Yeah, I'll likely do the uh, window monster silhouettes again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of, you know, giant skeletons that are out, you know, one that's like climbing up like a big skeleton. That's like almost like reaching into the chimney of a house. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I, I don't remember seeing that particularly before, but that's something in the last few years. Yeah, Home Depot has started selling a 12-foot tall skeleton that proved immensely popular. Um, This year, I think they also released one that kind of has like a pumpkin head, Um, so they they have some more varieties of it, but yeah, it's one of the, it has been, it's in the last few years, it's become a very popular home decoration, Um, but I don't know, I just... So, I don't know. I, I still like my sort of uh, homemade things. I think that they have a little more personality. Yes, I would say they are definitely more unique than than the sort of run of the mill. You can just buy it at Home Depot and set it up sort of thing. Um, will the puppers have matching costumes? Um, Probably not matching costumes. But we do have some costumes around, so hopefully we get them in there. You're not going to do like a Batman and Robin motif for a thing one and thing two sort of situation. Okay. I don't know what's going on, but you're on my speakers and I can't get my headphones to turn on. Okay. Um, But you don't seem to really be getting picked up on my microphone. Interesting. So we'll just keep going with it. Although, interestingly, when I change my volume, that does not seem to change your volume. Okay. So are we keeping going or do you want to pause and and reset here a little bit? 
Well, yeah, you actually are picking up on my microphone. So okay. let's pause and we'll pause here. And we're back. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, well, computers, man. I am I am still, you know, I am once again sort of in in the corner room. Um you know, oh, are you not in the main area again? I am not in the usual space uh, once again. Um, did you move again or did you just leave the setup there? I have the setup in a in a lovely little basket that I, you know, okay. sort of like, uh, you know, took it all, put it in this basket um, and then took it back out of the basket. I was planning on being in the other in the main space, uh, but my wife was like, you know, we have no food. And I would like to order Instacart and then cook some food, but I can't do that if you're in the main space. And I was like, then I will move. If you're going to make deliciousness, I will happily go elsewhere. So I am back in here. Um, I may just keep the stuff in the basket and just be able to go anywhere. But, uh, But yes, so we were talking about Halloween. I was talking about you know, costumes for the the puppers. I think at some point they're going to have to start wearing, you know, some sort of matching costumes. Like I said, it's not a bad idea. Um, Lenny is so small this year that most costumes probably won't fit him, which would make that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, at some point, that's not a bad let's, idea. Let's check in a little bit. It's now been a few months. How does it feel to be a multiple dog owner? Um, fine. Yeah. It's still a little crazy. Lenny's still not, you know, perfect. He, uh, he's still, I mean, he's five months old today. General rule of thumb is a, a young dog can hold their bladder for about one hour for every month old they are. Um, so five hours. He's pretty good overnight, mm-hmm. although not always. Um, sometimes he does have to go. And so, you know, we've got a towel in there and he's usually good about going on the towel and, you know, pushing that off to the side and not making a big mess. Um, and occasionally we have an accident inside, um, especially again, this is back in the crepe. Like if we're gone for work for eight hours, mm-hmm. he'll typically have had an accident in there and well as well. Well, then can as, you even call it an accident if you know he can only really, last five hours? I mean, when the goal is to be not having anything happening inside crate or otherwise, yeah. yes, but given the expectations for a dog this age, plus the fact that he's a pretty small dog, like that one hour rule, I think applies to all puppies. And as a smaller dog with a smaller bladder, yeah. I, I tend to think, yeah. And I, the thing is, like, I don't remember having this much trouble with Oscar. I feel like maybe he was better earlier, but... That could either be me misremembering mm-hmm. or it could also just be he's a different dog. Yeah. Um, and it is what it is. But, you know, I will say for the most part, I don't really remember the last time he had an accident just randomly inside. Um, every once in a while, you find a wet spot and you're like, is this drool? And it, you'll get a paper towel. And if it's not yellow, it kind of checks out. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um. Overall, going well. He's in the process of having teeth fall out of his head. Oh we no! Poked one out of his mouth um, this afternoon. Oh no, it's normal. This is this is he's losing his baby teeth still. At five so, months, that's when you lose yeah. your baby teeth. Wow. 
Yeah. He's been losing them for a while. We haven't found any before today, but he was kind of like licking his chops and doing something. And what do you got there? And we actually pulled one out of his mouth. So first one, pretty small that we actually found. But I think most of his front ones have gone now. Is there a puppy? The molars and the canines Is there a puppy not. tooth fairy? <laughs> um, not necessarily. Although if you mean just sort of the parental aspect of it, of collecting the teeth and putting them in a jar and being weird about it. Yeah. Yes, Sorry. absolutely. But we're not leaving him dollar bills. He's got nowhere to spend it. No. Does, does he have the ability, you know, I know Oscar had his, what were the bully sticks? Is that something that Lenny can do at this age or is that not safe for a puppy? It's, it's less safe for a puppy. Um, but I, I guess probably he's not super young anymore that we probably could do it just fine. Um, but also the way that being a two dog household, I'm not sure how that'll work moving in the future. Cause that's one of those things that Oscar really loves. And I don't know, that could become a contentious yeah. um, item. So I, I don't, I don't know for sure how exactly how that would play out just yet. Haven't tried it, but definitely something we'll have to approach with a little bit of caution. Mm-hmm. But I think more likely Oscar will try to grab it and run with it. I don't I don't think he'll be mean about it, but I do think he'll try to keep it away um from Lenny. Sure. But I don't know that for sure. I we'll have to we'll have to see. Is there a turf war over like spots on the furniture? Yes, but no. Um for the most part Lenny just wants to be wherever his brother is. Mhm. And 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 Oscar will will tolerate it, but eventually gets fed up. Um, and it's not so much just like he wants to be close or whatever. That's fine. But Lenny, um, he's actually he. I mean, don't get me wrong. When he gets excited, like you first let him out in the morning, yeah, he's still biting everyone and everything. But he's getting better throughout the day with that stuff. Like he is more mellow overall. And the thing that he's doing to Oscar now, really. And I, I I was reading, apparently this is like a sign of like submission kind of like establishing the pecking order to some extent. But what he'll do is he'll go over to Oscar and he'll lick him and like specifically like lick his mouth and his teeth and things like that. Um, and Oscar will tolerate that for a while, mm-hmm. but eventually that gets irritating having somebody just licking your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, come on, kid. Did you did you often when you were young go and lick your brother's teeth? Never. I know as an only child that that um that might seem like a thing that uh apes and other primates do, but but no, not so, so common in the So universe. here's but here's the thing. Cause I wanna I wanna actually transition to this, and maybe we've talked about it before. It's been 380 some odd episodes. I think we've talked about everything at this point. I have because I cho- I knew you when I did. You've always struck me as the older brother of that pair. Sure. Like you seem to have your shit together more. You seem to be a little more like, you know, and, and I enjoyed your brother every time I met him. If we went back to, you know, how many years older is he than you? Two, three, four, three, three. So you're five and he's eight. Are you, is there that hero worship that, you know, you can often see with siblings or? I don't know that I ever had hero worship like to that extent where yeah. like, you know, like you see the little kid in the movie and 
ah, my big brother's in the army and I think he's the coolest and I hope he comes home someday. Like, but then again, we were only three years apart. We weren't like 10 I, years apart. I now am um, going to cast you in that role in, in a movie. Excellent. Excellent. Um, but I will say, yes, in terms of wanting to be involved in what my older brother was doing. Sure. Like playing or whatever. Yes, yeah. I wanted to be doing whatever was be involved in whatever his game was or, yeah. or whatever. So, and, yes, absolutely. And at what point do you rem- do you recall the moment where you were like, oh, you're a loser. <laughs> Let me know. Do- and I don't I, mean- I honestly don't. I, I like I, I, I don't remember a moment where like that that change mm-hmm. necessarily I don't think it was like necessarily a moment. Yeah. Because like even like I think, you know, like even like in college, like when I was a freshman, my brother was is in his last year and I did sort of help him out a little bit, like helping with papers and things like that. And like even like with that, like that was just like being helpful and help like like I don't I didn't and I didn't view that as geez uh what an idiot and he needs me yeah. like i i don't want to cast dispersions i i no. mean i mean this purely from a sibling thing like was there a point where you went oh i actually enjoy my own interests more than i'm know. sure yeah. yeah i mean at some point i went my own way like in yeah. school i did you know drama and stuff and that was nothing not anything my brother ever did yeah um but like you know neither he was don't get me wrong. We both did sports for a while when we were younger, but he was never very good at it. I was never very good at it. So, like, that was the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so, probably through, like, middle what, school. What did he do? Similar. If he didn't do drama, what did he do? Music? No. I, I did music. He didn't do any of that stuff. Um, was he into... Cl- and again, you were you might not know because you were living your own life and you were in middle school when he was in high school. I'm just trying to think like... I mean, he was definitely like into video games. Like, sure. He had a... He had a... Um, he had a GameCube. He had a PS2. He had a PS1. I don't remember which system it was, but like he, at that point, like he had game systems that were in his room sure. and were not shared like they were his you know well and as so, a like, PC, he had those and as a pc sure. gamer and then at that point i definitely was more of a, a pc gamer at that point yeah. i sort of split that way by that point so i found it um, so there's definitely that and he was way into movies like he was he would watch a lot of movies television shows mm-hmm. those were his hobbies like he used to like love the Oscars and like those sorts of shows. Oh, interesting. And, like, he was okay. way into that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So like he was yeah. into that kind of stuff, but it wasn't like it wasn't like group things. It was more like personal hobbies. Sure. I you know we I think we went to a wrestling show or two, and I think he was with us, and I saw. Oh him, yeah. And he know. was definitely like I think he was actually into wrestling as well. Like I think he actually maybe watched wrestling through the Attitude Era, and I whereas I did not. So. Sure. Because I yeah. think he definitely was more in tune to that and aware of that stuff at that time. Yeah. So. so, you know, I've met him a handful of times, maybe even more than a handful of times, just because we've known each other for so long. Sure. But, but yeah, I just, I, again, I, there is an alternate universe where I do not go into education and I study sibling psychology because I am, I am fascinated with it because as an only child, you know, the people that I had were, again, these two cousins um, that I was mentioning earlier when it came to Halloween. And we were 
you know, I would play with my older cousin and his friends from the neighborhood where he lived. And my younger cousin would want to be a part of it. And we would go to extreme lengths to be like, yeah, we're going to play. Let's go. We'll see you outside. And he'd run outside and we'd go <laughs> run anywhere else and go do something. You know, we, we so wanted to avoid being with the younger one. And now I am closer to the younger one than the older one. Um, I would, I would bet that he probably felt like that sometimes, like he didn't want to sure. hang out with me, but he probably got saddled with hang out with your brother, would you, for the yeah. parents or whatever. Well, like, and again, I'm sure you had similar interests, you know, uh, when we were teenagers, my oldest cousin had posters of, um, I'm not going to remember the names of the bands now, but like Rammstein and what Slipknot. And that was just his rebellious face. He had all of this like hardcore metal posters all over his room. And his brother had a collection of mint comic books. And I was like, oh, you're oh, yeah. yeah, I I I don't know who Slipknot is. That scares me. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> so it's just uh, again, that kind of stuff is interesting to me. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited for Halloween. We've got to get, we have something going on. I give you a lot of credit that you have 120 full-size candy bars in your house and you're not eating them. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the trick to it is I take all of the boxes of candy. I put them in the basement where I do not see them on a daily basis. Yes. And out so of sight, out of out sight, of out of mind, Correct. and they just sit there. Yeah. Our plan is we always buy, uh, my wife decided she wanted to give out ring pops this year. So, and I, I don't care about ring pops. So it's that either helps, that or right? we need like <laughs> almond joys because again, we don't like coconut. So, oh man, almond joys, almond joys can go fuck themselves, but you got yourself a package of mounds. I'm eating the shit out of that. Yeah. I had a, I tried to get, I'm trying to avoid dairy. So I got this brand of ice cream sandwiches that was made with coconut milk. Now there are some coconut milk things I've tried before. And they're fine. And I had a bite of this sandwich and I like ate it and I swallowed it. And I was like, all right, that wasn't bad. And the immediate aftertaste was a mountains bar. Yeah. So, I, oh, well, I will which tell to you, me, I don't like coconut, who, which to me is bad. So, yeah, well, no, like to me, like also like you know, I did like the dairy free thing for a little bit there, the gluten free stuff. I try to really limit a lot of things. And so I did try like almond, um, milks and soy milks and oat milks and don't get me wrong i I still use almond milk um or oat milk but typically almond milk um and like i did go through a phase where i tried the almond yogurts and the Mm -hmm. coconut milk yogurts the cashew yogurts and then all the different frozen treats right the different ice creams and whatever uh they all suck (laughs) like the milk products are fine the silk the silk branded ones are terrible yeah but like even their almond milk is terrible, but like the almond breeze um, brand of almond milk is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Something about silk, just all their products taste like dirt to me. Like they all have like this earthy flavor mm-hmm. and it's something about the way they make their products because other brands do not taste that way. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like of the yogurts, none of the yogurts were right. Um, like, yeah, the coconut milk ones would always have a coconut flavor that was too noticeable. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, all of them, regardless if it's almond, coconut, cashew, whatever, they're all too thin. They're all too runny and they're not the right consistency. Yeah. And then when it comes to the frozen treats, 
yeah, sometimes you might find a flavor that's all right. But again, like they're not creamy enough and they get mm. like crystallized in a way. And don't get me wrong. Ice cream can too when it sits in the freezer long enough. It gets freezer burn or whatever. But like these are basically, they were always like freezer burn to me even when they were fresh. Yeah. They just they just didn't have the creaminess to them. And I don't I like get, any of them. I will get Ben and Jerry's has a dairy-free fish food that I will get and be between the marshmallow and the the fudge and the the candy pieces. Yes, you can tell you're not eating real ice cream, but you also don't particularly care because mm, it's just there's a, enough stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But um but yeah, other than that, I'm just, you know, walking around with like a utility belt full of lactate. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. that's my life. Yeah. I go to Costco, I get the 180 count yeah. generic I, lactate. I just bought, we went to, uh, my wife went to BJ's and picked up stuff. And yeah, we have a mold, giant pack of it in the, uh, in the yeah. pantry now. Yeah. But hey, it, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Welcome to the Middle Age Podcast, everybody. <laughs> my ulcer hurts. Last week, we talked about for 45 minutes about, uh, you know, teaching and lessons and exams. Are the, are the besties tired of us talking about teaching? Is it uh, I will say stop talking about the bestie chat has been more active than it's been in quite some time. Um, I blame Danielle for that. I, Danielle was part of it. Um, I have tried oh, to. I also noticed that there was activity on the discord. People were talking there. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think, I think we're trying to, you know, to, to keep things going. Um, you know, our a lot of our emails have to do with some of the conversations um, from the from the bestie chat because, of course, they are food based. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you know, but no, no, I don't think anybody has said anything about uh, the podcast. Although I will say, I also nobody said anything about the podcast. So I I'm see. not nobody's necess- listening anymore. Okay, not necessarily right. sure we're getting a huge. I think they're listening, but I think they might be a week or two behind. That makes sense. I've noticed I've noticed that with the joy of booking. Glenn or Brandon will chime in and they were like, Oh, this was a you know funny thing you said. And I was like, Oh, and they're like, that's from three weeks ago. And I was like, I don't remember what I say <laughs> three minutes after I stopped talking. So I'm glad you appreciated it. Fair enough. I keep waiting for Jeremy. I really thought this was going to be the week that Jeremy made his triumphant return. Hasn't happened yet. And may I say, although I don't know if I want to say this on the air. Well, whatever. It's all public. I was going to say, now you got to. Well, in the show notes, I thank our patrons. Yes. Um, and every once in a while, I do occasionally log into Patreon just to be like, has there been any changes? Yeah. There has not. Jeremy, Jeremy still continues hey. to donate to the Patreon. So I, I so I I have a theory. Um, I won't go into the theory in great detail, but I will say now that the Louisiana governor's race has been decided, I expected Jeremy to come back pretty much right after that. Um, <laughs> and and it hasn't happened yet. I still am hopeful. And the fact that he's still supporting us on Patreon either means, um, A, he forgot and he doesn't check his credit card statements, which I think that's likely. I also don't do that. Or, you know, I do think he's going to come back, but he picked the weirdest year of wrestling 
um, to leave. Although I will say, I tried to think of if there was any wrestling news of note to discuss that's happened in the last few days. I got nothing. Really? Tony Khan is, you know, being weird on Twitter, but I don't necessarily think that's notable. Um, do you have okay. anything? Did anything cross your? I mean, no. I was going to say, but am I, I missing can't say something? That I looked. No. Let me go right now. Tony to Tony Khan circle. Tony Khan is, um, you know, he's arguing with p like you know he's arguing with certain people. Um, he was blaming some fans for, you know, making fun of his mom when his mom. I, I don't know. He's being weird on Twitter, which I think when you reach a certain level of money, that's what you do is you just are weird on social media. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, I don't I can't speak about anything that's actually transpired because I'm not aware of it. Yeah. But I think most people would be best served by just not talking about anything on social media. Yeah. I I find staying off of it entirely. Yeah. I enjoy posting about things that happened 20 to 40 years ago. Every so often I get interaction and engagement on it, but it's never like, oh, you're an idiot. It's always like, oh, I remember that. I'm like, that's really all I'm going for. One of the top posts in the squared circle is titled Brett has no chill. And it's a photograph. It's a signed photo of Brett, the Hitman Hart. And he signed it with a little message that says, fuck Bill Goldberg, <laughs> shittiest wrestler who ever stepped in a ring. So that's that's the news this yeah, week. That's it. Um, the weekly wrestling news. Oh, I missed the weekly wrestling news. <laughs> uh, you know, they're doing crown jewels. So that's happening. Um, it is, I find it interesting. Do you remember Magnus? From TNA. He had another name, right? AKA Nick Aldis. Yeah, Nick Aldis. Yeah, okay. I know. Nick he Aldis. is now the general manager of SmackDown. Huh. He had gotten uh, he had gotten a job working for them kind of behind the scenes probably a few months ago. Um, and now is the on-screen authority figure uh for SmackDown. Um you know, we're getting Who's, geared up for war This is not games. Nick Aldis. But who was that guy who was in the UK who couldn't wrestle anymore? Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness. That was it. Yeah. Okay. That was, you know, and, and Nigel McGuinness, I think, has left WWE. I think he's now with AEW and he is, he continues to take shots at Brian Danielson. So now everyone's wondering if Nigel will come back for, cause Nigel and Brian Danielson had a pretty epic feud in ring of honor back in the mid two thousands. Um, so there is some speculation that maybe we'll see Nigel in one more match against Brian Danielson, which would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I think that would kind of be the role, but yes, that's Nick Aldis. he retired as a result of a, viral disease Hepatitis or something like that i feel like it was he had that some might not be the safest thing to well that was it i don't do. know i don't well there's probably treatments and maybe like at this point there's a tr- i don't know this but maybe there's a viral yeah. treatment where like the viral load in his blood is like undetectable so they feel like it's yeah okay i could I, be i, I don't i know. could be wrong 
I could be absolutely wrong. I don't know that he's ever said anything about being able to make a comeback. Maybe it was just it a might, rumor or something. It might yeah. just be he's, you know, he's acknowledging their past relationship by making comments about him and that the fans went into overdrive. Uh, Carlito's officially back with the WWE. That's exciting. I oh, guess. yeah. I did see uh, something about that, but there's some sort of controversy because they changed his music. Yes. They changed I didn't his- hear the new music. But that was as much as I was. I was disappointed. I watched. I don't remember. Was it Fastlane? I watched the middle to end of that match because it was supposed to be a six man tag. um, And Carlito didn't come out till the very end, which I thought was kind of dumb. But yeah, it was different music. And they were like, they wanted to change it. I really fought for it to keep the same one because it doesn't even have the. I'll spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Like, even if they had kept the sound bite and then changed it, it was just all of a sudden this music hit and you're like, okay, maybe there's like a sound effect of a guy biting into an apple, but you'd have to know that's what it is to know what it is. So I believe I'm listening to it now. It's pretty generic drum beat. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's, it's, I don't know if it's, you know, we'd have to give Jim Johnson royalties and we don't want to do that. Or if it's, we just. Who used to come out and do the synchronized Samoan dance? The Usos. The Usos? Yeah. That was like a drum beat as well. Yeah. And that's they kind did of the, what this they reminds did me. Like Obviously, a haka. Carlito's not Samoan, but. Yeah, they did like a haka type of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm watching NXT. And they only did it like under. Special conditions usually. Uh, I'm watching and you know? I'm watching NXT from 2012, and every time they come out, they do it. Oh, okay. Because then they go, if I'll say ooze, you say oh ooze. Oh. So back when they were complete black holes of charisma, right? Then they got the USO Penitentiary, and they became a little more interesting. And now they're one of the big. Both of them are getting geared up to be bigger stars. So, so supposedly, right at the beginning of this music. There's a sound bite of Carlito saying, you know what cool is? And then the drums start. That's not his. What is that? Razor Ramon? <laughs> that sounds more like a Razor Ramon line than a Carlito line. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, supposedly now that the Endeavor deal has gone through, they're pushing Vince McMahon out. Or at least he, they are saying, you know, you are not. Somebody, Ari Emanuel, who's one of the higher ups in Endeavor, basically said that, you know, Paul Levesque, Triple H, has been in charge of creative for a while and he does a really good job of it. So we're going to try not to let anything get in his way with the implication being that Vince is no longer having anything to do with creative. Again, not sure whether that's lip service or not. Apparently, there's going to be a Vince McMahon documentary on Netflix. You're going to watch that? No. All right. And then Ric Flair says he's they're they're going to make a movie about his life. I don't care to watch that either. Have you seen the trailer for the Von Erich family? Oh yeah, like movie? Claw or something. The Iron Claw. Yeah. No, I <laughs> uh, I saw it. If you know the story of the Von Erich, it is like it's just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. I met and- the Texas tornado at my local mall. Yeah. Like the week before he passed. I keep getting treats delivered. Oh, 
I got an apple fritter and now I have a biscuit. What a great day. We're just going to gloss over the fact that the Texas tornado died, huh? <laughs> Is that what you were talking about? <laughs> I got distracted. My beautiful wife walked in. Um, yes, he did. He did. He did die along with most of his brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tragic. Sorry. I apologize uh, to all world-class championship wrestling fans and the Von Erich family. Though the movie does seem to indicate that dad, patriarch Fritz Von Erich, um, was an overbearing ass that probably gave all of his sons a complex that would lead to battles with mental illness. What do you think? So. Um, what do you think the 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 summary statement of say the Stu Hart patriarch would be? Would you think that would be a very similar um, short summary? I I hate to say yes because being such a fan of Brett and Owen and the Hart family, I I'd like to believe that Stu Hart was a warm, welcoming guy when he didn't bring his children into the basement and put them in legitimate submission holes to make them scream and cry. But yeah, I mean, the whole, all the stories they tell about the dungeon just makes me think, yeah. oh, yeah, overbearing and it's like, not not good. I don't no. know. Then I've never heard as many negative things, I guess, but um, it just doesn't no. sound good. But, yeah. Yeah, I... I I can't say wrestling families in general because that's a really broad statement, but. Soraya's and her parents, they seem very well adjusted. Exactly. Well, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, Ric Flair's son, Reed. Again, Uh I hate to be bringing up tragedy. Um, You know, the DiBiase's seem to be okay, although there was the issue with whatever church they were with potentially uh, mishandling funds. I don't remember that. There was something about they were doing some, I think it was it the church. Was it so there, or there was a business and, you know, they were taking funds that was supposed to be going to a good cause and the money sort of disappeared. So the, um, the but that was maybe centered on one of the younger one. Hard maybe, maybe pro wrestling's, you know, not the greatest idea to raise a family in. Oh, yeah? Maybe. Huh. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? What are you eating? Hot pretzel. Nice. Nice, nice. Our wives keep us uh, gleefully supplied with carbohydrates. Indeed. Uh, your wife sent an email, unless you have something you would like to... Uh, to dive into that we have not discussed, I, I would suggest we we head into those emails. We do have five of them. That sounds good. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com is where you can find those emails. The first one coming from the bestest of all besties, Glenn. It takes the biscuit. Hi, guys. This week is I was going to do a biscuit cookie bracket, but it turns out there are hundreds of different types from around the world and doing tap to get ones. You could rank would take weeks. So instead, here's a list of UK biscuits, and perhaps you can tell us which ones you've heard of and maybe tasted. And there's the digestive. Um, I think I've had that. I have heard of a digestive biscuit. I do not know if I have had one. Bourbons? 
as a biscuit? I don't know what that is. I'm like, are we talking about a brandy snap? But probably not. A custard cream. They made custard creams on an, I don't know if it was a current season bake-off or one of the last ones, but I have seen them make a custard cream biscuit, which is just, you know, like creme pat, a little bit of jam, and a shortbread cookie. Looked good. I'd eat it. Is that anything like a Windsor cookie? Um, I don't know. Chocolate Maybe. fingers. That's like those things I was talking about getting from the grocery store that I are like the grandma cookies. Look these right? I'm not even like. Oh no, they're actually up. dipped in chocolate. If it's the Cadbury ones, they're actually fully dipped. Hmm. Interesting. I I am uh, going to presume you are still not watching this year's. Bake Off, that is a giant pretzel. My goodness. That is a lot of pretzel you are shoving in your mouth. That looks um, good. Chocolate finger. Yeah, that looks good. Have, don't think I've had it, although I've had, you know, the Keebler um, fudge stick, yeah. which looks like a similar idea. Oh, a Jeremy Dodger is a Lindsay cookie. Shortbread yes. with raspberry. Although, again, I thought a custard, the custard cream, I thought. I don't think that's jam. I think it's custard in it. So it's, so it's more like a, <coughs> an Oreo. But oh, like yes, custard. yes, 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 yes. With the, with the stamp, I remember, because some of them struggled with the yeah. stamp. Hobnobs. So, so is it like eating a Boston cream cookie? I bet you it's thicker than that, but I, I, I don't actually know. Yeah, I've had shortbread. Oh, we skipped over. You said hobnobs. I don't think I've had a hobnob. And every time maybe I try to I've move, had I'm a hobnob something. and not a digestive. They look similar, although some hobnobs are chocolate dipped. But I'm seeing I'm examples go, of ones that aren't. I, rather than Google, I'm going to go to Urban Dictionary and look up hobnob and see what kind of cookie I get. I'm not sure it'll be a type of cookie. I don't think it will. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had a hobnob, but I, I get the... A lot of these I've seen them make on on the Bake Off. I've seen them make Wagon Wheels. Wagon Wheel, I want to try. That looks good. What's a malted milk? I think of a malted milk ball. Like a Whopper? Whoppers are the worst version of what can be if you go to the... Like, there's a local candy maker in this general vicinity... Um, that has delicious malted milk balls. My dad and I would go through like half a pound in like a day when when we would. Um, malted milk biscuits just look like regular biscuits. Obviously, there's malt flavoring in it. But yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, reminded again of that Bake Off episode where they made a malt loaf. And I was like, those two words are terrible together. Malt loaf. Oh, and wagon wheels are just what we call moon pies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of these, those. although again, you would think that something like a jammy Dodger or even a custard cream, there would be some sort, some company like a Keebler would make some sort of version and try to sell them in the, so UK besties, whenever you listen to this, this week, next week, six weeks, um, I assume you have Oreos Although... at your local market. In. In our moon pie, the the biscuit is is more soft, right? It's a little cake. Because I think in a wagon wheel, it looks like it might actually be harder. Yeah. 
So I'm not sure if I've had a wagon wheel, but I'm interested to know if there are American cookies. Again, they distinguish between a biscuit and a cookie. A biscuit is harder. A cookie is softer. Hmm. Um, I'm interested to know what type of American cookies. If you go to a insert the name of a British grocery store here um, or Welsh for Che, um, I wonder what what American cookies you'll get. Or maybe there's none. Maybe there's just not, you know. Bet you there's Oreos. That's it. Maybe chips and do, away. And do you have your crazy flavors of Oreos or is that a very American? That's an American thing. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, uh, we, we have so of these. I've had jammy Dodgers and shortbread. I have had. That's basically it. <laughs> I've had something similar to a jammy Dodger and I have had shortbread. And I have had a moon pie. So I've had a moon pie, but I'm still not sure that's yeah. the same thing. Of those, I think I prefer the jammy Dodger. Yeah. Uh, we have an interesting thing in that part of the next two emails are the same question. Because, again, there was some food discussion in the Bestie chat this week. Okay. Che, two plus two equals <coughs> potato. <clears throat> it's Wednesday, the 18th of October. You know what that means. It's more it's my half birthday. I am 40 and a half today. How's it feel to be old, old man? I This is always a pleasant day for me because I am reminded of what a spoiled little brat I was because my dad's birthday's in March. My mom's birthday's four days before mine in April. So in the fall, we had no birthdays to celebrate. So I always got a fancy dessert, usually a cake and like a couple of wrestling magazines every year as half birthday presents. And I still got a happy birth, a happy half birthday email from my mom. Love you, mom. That's so, lovely. Uh, it's Wednesday, the 18th lovely, of October. Lovely. You know what that means. What it means is that it's national mashed potato day during a brief unofficial ranking session in OG bestie chat. Mashed potato was often listed in people's top three favorite types of potato. What are yours and why? Che will continue, but let's get to that part first. Mashed Doc potatoes Manson. are probably my favorite form of potato. Mm-hmm. I also Followed. enjoy. Tater tots. And, and rounding out your top three. <coughs> probably. Probably the baked potato, although. I think I would give the edge to just potato skins, mm-hmm. like a fully loaded potato skin. But that's sure. kind of removing the potato. So mm. I'll say the baked potato. I, I am going to explain just in this question, why why I am why I am physically the way I am? Uh, French fry, home fry, latka are my three favorite forms. Oh, latkes are quite good. You got to come over for some uh, latkes, man. They're good. This we is Manson makes will, a mean latka. We will happily come over for latkes. Can we play some dreidel? I mean, I don't know how to play, but maybe Mrs. Manson oh, can show me the rules. I will teach you how to play. I teach my kids every year we play. All right. All right. We play, okay. we play. 
Uh, yeah, I I don't like mashed potatoes. Texture, I will eat them like texturally if I'll mix them with things, but I'm not gonna like go for a bowl of mashed potatoes in the way that my wife will. Um, baked potatoes are fine if I have to have one, I'll have one. Um, but yeah, I I enjoy the crispness. I need my potato to be crisp. What if Russell- I had said russet, sweet, and red? That would have been a lovely way to obstruct the question. It's a little late. So. Damn it. Uh, I will say the local bakery near us has an ube latte. Ube That's is the that red thing? The purple. Purple thing. Yeah. It's like the purple yam sort of thing. Um, and they make it with oat milk. So there's part of me that wants to try it just to say I've had an ube latte. Right. So, Russell question two, after the reigniting of the war that never was, NXT beat Dynamite in last week's Tuesday ratings battle. Nobody cares. I worry for Tony Khan sometimes. Dude really seems like he's on the edge. Anyway, how do you think TK would have booked WCW during the late 90s versus how Triple H and Sean would have booked Raw in the late 90s? Alternatively, how do you think both guys would book their respective current rosters if they had them during that time period? Au revoir, amigos. Che sent from Outlook by Android or for Android. Oh, that's tricky. It's going to be interesting. No, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, it's going to be interesting for Doc because he was not watching WCW at the end of... True. Um, But, you know, I think Tony Khan honestly would have booked a product not unlike the product booked by Eric Bischoff. Yes. I think he would have tried to outdo the WWE and I I don't I don't know that it would have looked all that different. So here's the thing. We see old silver-haired wizened Eric Bischoff commenting on Triple H and commenting on Tony Khan and commenting on AEW. If Twitter had existed in 1996, when the NWO started, Eric Bischoff would have been doing two to three times the amount of inflammatory tweeting that Tony Khan is doing right now. Exactly. He would have been he would have been responding to every WWE or WWF at the time tweet. Uh, God forbid if Vince McMahon had tweeted, he'd been challenging them to a fight. If anything, been, I feel like Tony Khan would have done a similar product, but it would have been more like what we see with AEW, where it's less reactionary. I, I still think he still would have, but I think it would have been a similar product where you would have been trying to offer a viable alternative. And I do think he would have gone a little edgier with it, which is my impression of what WCW was trying to do initially. And then yes. obviously the WWE answered with attitude. And then whatever yeah. kind of fell apart. But. The, the, the thing I will say is that the NWO was edgy and sort of anti-hero. Um, they did not, to the best of my recollection, they, you know, DX went sophomoric crotch chops, you know, sausage thing like like they went into the inappropriate almost i won't call it jackass style but that sort of inappropriate sexual innuendo type of stuff wcw did that eventually and they had the nitro girls but it wasn't 
the same sort of thing. Yeah. They were trying and, to be they were trying that, to that's, be cool. That's exactly what I would say. The second part of this question, how would how would H and Sean have booked Raw in the late 90s? Well, I'm not going to answer that from the perspective of H and nine, of Sean today. No. If it was the H and the Sean of the 90s, you would have seen DX all over that product, even more yeah. so than they were. It would have Shawn been Michaels, that. Shawn Michaels posed for Playgirl only wearing the WWF title. Right. Um. Well, and again, I'm not a. I will. I will go with the ob- idea of taking Triple H and Sean from 2023, bringing them back to 97. Um, you know, but it, it's weird in that sense because they're booking themselves, and that's never been a good idea. Never <laughs> in the territories it worked. Jeff Jarrett probably should not have been booking himself in TNA. Kevin Nash booked himself to be the champion. Um, you know, it, it, that sort of thing is never a good idea. I think Tony Khan would have done something very similar to Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was young. He was power hungry. He was a nerd who wanted to be with the cool kids. And his idea of the cool kids was Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Tony Khan is a bit of a nerd who wanted to be like the cool kids who are Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega and CM Punk. Yeah. The similarities are are striking. And, you know, I think he would have picked somebody. Maybe it would have been Bill Goldberg. Um, I doubt it would have been Brett. He would have picked somebody to, you know, and he would have been leading the chance like he supposedly did for CM Punk. And it probably wouldn't have ended well. And, you know, so... It's an interesting question, um, and I don't think I often compare Bischoff to Tony Khan, but it's striking how I'm not wrong, right? I'm not no. wrong. No, 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 no. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I and again, current rosters in the nine. That's a weird thing to think about because if you take the current rosters and go back to the nineties they still have 2020 sensibility. But the so, audience uh, doesn't. So would you? They would, yeah. would they have to adapt to be those sorts of characters again? Maybe. Maybe. I think, I think they would be the hung bucks, not the young bucks. I think uh, L.A. Knight would have made a pretty mean Steve Austin. He's clearly trying to be. If he had to step uh, did, into the role, that's all I'm saying. Have you watched, do you watch the Hot Ones show? No. Where the celebrities eat hot wings? No, I've always thought it was inane and ridiculous. Okay. I, I will, I will say I've heard that they're excellent interviewers, yes. but it's appeared inane to me, so I've never engaged. I will let you know, this might be your way in, this week's guest, Mick Foley. After listening to several months worth of Mick Foley's podcast. Oh, no. I think I've decided that I can go without hearing from Mick Foley for the rest (laughs) of his life. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Uh, Brandon Banks, top three. Would you like me to read these? No, I got it. Okay. So the bestie were asked, but what about the hosts of did it? 
What are your top three soups? What are your top three potatoes? And a new one, what is your top three meals during the autumn season? Sent from my iPhone. Soups, huh? Wonton pho chicken noodle. So here's a question for you. Yes. Because I think it kind of applies to the pho. And I would also suggest ramen. Mm. Are pho and ramen soups? Or are they noodle dishes? Served in a broth? Yeah. You, my wife has often made the argument that when I eat chicken noodle soup, if I have my way, there are more noodles by volume than broth. Yeah. Um, Cause like you think about like a yakisoba or something like that, like that's a traditional noodle dish, but it mm. can be served in a broth. Yeah. And is ramen and pho not the same thing? Are they soups? I would think just based on just, you know, I think pop culture, I think ramen is considered more of a noodle dish than pho is, even though I don't necessarily know if the ratios are that different. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're taking pho out of the equation, and I'll go with lentil. Okay. Then. Yeah. I mean, if we're not taking it out, I'll definitely just go ramen, pho, and... I'd be tempted to say wonton, mm. but maybe... I would probably say wonton. Just based so here's on the, the volume of the soups that I actually eat. But, but, so, but so here's the issue with wonton. Wonton for me is good maybe two places. And that is uh, the place that we always used to go and that I still go. And the noodle bar we went to, and that's not even nearly as good, but it was decent. Yeah. The one on campus. I like um, them all. I don't know. Even like your 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 the, corner the, store Chinese restaurants. The thinner, the thinner, weaker wontons. I I need a thick wonton skin. Right. Um, but again, that's because I'm kind of more interested in eating a noodle dish in a broth. If you had to go with traditional American soups, could you pick three? Because I think I might say like your, your chicken noodle. I think so, totally counts, right? Yes. And like in terms of Lentil. the volume of soup that I eat, it's probably chicken noodle, tomato. And clam chowder. Yeah, I don't but, eat tomato soup. I don't eat clam chowder. Um, my mom makes a hamburger soup that is quite good. Okay, corn, yeah. corn chowder. Corn chowder is delicious also. Corn yes. chowder is delicious. That's way more dairy. But again, corn chowder is delicious, especially. It's dairy. Have- and I don't know about you, but digesting corn is not something my middle aged body likes to even attempt anymore. So corn chowder is like a giant. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, um, I I haven't, you know, done a study or anything. I choose not to care if my body can't handle corn, then then fuck my body because I'm eating corn. Um, That's more or less how I feel about it. But yeah, it's it's not uh, eating corn does not produce um, pain in the way that eating dairy will sometimes produce pain. Oh. Eating corn can sometimes produce pain. Yeah. But I no. find if I limit myself to say, like if I have a single ear of mm-hmm. corn on the cob I and I make sure I chew it well, I'm okay. If I have two ears in a sitting, I am fucked. I had three once and that was, again, it wasn't painful, but it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I and I honestly, yes, I could sit there 
absolutely eat two ears and probably yeah. eat three and yeah. feel guilty about made, it afterwards. But. I had made four because my wife said oh. she wanted two and then she changed her mind <coughs> and I didn't want to throw it away. So I just ate the third one. Yeah. Uh, my wife does not eat corn in any of its forms. So Interesting. I may have mentioned this to you. Except for corn it, chips. She'll eat corn chips. At my my version of our local Mega Mart, in the prepared foods section, there are bowls of ramen and pho. Do you have this? No. I don't, even, I don't even have the miracle noodle pho that you described all those times ago. That wasn't great. I do have, <laughs> I may have uh, Trader Joe's pho for, for I also did tomorrow. not find that the last time I was there. I can't find right. the pho. All right. We Bring me the shopping. pho, DC. We will. I, I could go to the, our, the, the local Mega Martin because they have ramen too. And I, I got the ramen. I got a chicken ramen that was that was all right. It was pretty good. I like ramen. I want to go to Japan and I want to and I problem if, if I go to Japan is I'm gonna eat so much sodium that my heart <laughs> is going to burst from my chest. But uh top three autumn <laughs> meals. I like this question a lot. I don't know um, that I have specific autumn meals. We will make lasagna more in the colder weathers. What makes so that I'm talking, autumn? I'm saying I'm, I'm okay. No, I'm no, choosing, it, but your uh, your definition, I accept. Yes, absolutely. I'm choosing lasagna. to go with colder weather food, not necessarily autumn. Because again, as someone who does not eat anything particularly pumpkin, we don't have anything that we just an apple cider donut or apple. You That's know, not a meal. We, we have done. We have done. Um, an apple cider pulled chicken in the crock pot with uh, coleslaw. Okay. That that would be a fall meal that we have enjoyed. Okay. Cider chicken. Um, but yeah, then it's just when you break out your your casseroles and your, you know, like I said, like we'll do a lasagna in the yeah. in the winter months. I, I so. honestly, even with that definition, I don't. I can't think of anything. I can't think of any meals that we specifically make in colder weather. Our palate, our our meals are kind of just the same year round. I like, don't be wrong. Like you, you do different things at holidays and things. Sure. But I don't think there's any like real change. In... Well, so do you find yourself eating more like gourds and butternut squash in the fall? I mean, probably more... because. Because they're when that's the time of year you find them in the store. Sure. But like if we do happen to find an acorn squash any given point of the year, I, I would eat it. So I here's have. here's this would be a better ex- example. When I consider autumn meals, the school year has started. So we are much more relying on our crock pot because it is much easier to throw something in there at 7 a.m. before you leave the house. And when you get home at three, it's done. Mm. I mean, I will admit to you. Yes, I think I think that's the first like the seasonal items. Yeah, I think you're right, though. Like a gourd is definitely something I would eat it year round, but we're more likely to eat it in the autumn. And yeah, we absolutely would have a an acorn squash or a uh, what's that bulbous one? Like the butternut squash. Is that what that one is? Yeah. Like, like yeah. and like, you know, we'll put some maple syrup in there and roast it up and eat like so. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. That's not a whole meal. It's like a side dish, but like that's yeah. definitely something well, that, you can add that's, to a meal. You know, yeah. Yes. 
And like, yeah, you know what? Also, I will say, I don't know that it's an necessarily an autumn thing per se, because apples are available here year round, but certainly apple harvest is this time of year. Sure. And I think it's more common. There used to be a dish that Mrs. Manson would make, make more often. We don't make it as often anymore, but it was this some sort of meal where apple was, I think like stuffed inside of chicken breast. It's mm-hmm. like that. I would sure. consider an autumn meal. And that's something that yeah. we might pair with an acorn squash. So, okay, there you, you do, go. Do you do pumpkin ravioli? Not really. Um, okay. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it as well. But yeah, like um, I, I, I honestly can't really do meals that are based, that are gluten primarily that causes pain. Um, so like pretty much all ravioli mm-hmm. is just not on my menu. A meal that consists of a ravioli dish is just... No. So are you pretty much when it comes to a meal, is it meat, vegetable, maybe a light carb? Um, yes, but no, I'm yes, but no, I, I, in terms of carbs, I eat a lot of rice. Rice does not bother me. So a lot of, um, brown rice or Jasmine rice or even white rice. Um, but yeah, so like rice is fine and we will do gluten-free pastas occasionally, mm-hmm. but we don't have a lot of pasta. We eat pasta once every couple of months as a meal. Wow. Like not often. Not mm-hmm. often at all. Um, but yeah, so mostly meats and vegetables and um, rice. Rice is a pretty common staple around here, I'd say. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you, Mr. Banks. Uh, Nate, we're going to find out how the dancing went. Subject. Good afternoon, fellas. The wedding was pretty fun. I went out there not caring what everyone thought and just did my best. My body doesn't seem to have a single musical bone in it and doesn't move fluently. I feel you, my friend. I think people would describe me the exact same way. Uh, Especially since there were two of my friends there, that made it easier. So all in all, a great night. Speaking of weddings again, what is the most unique thing ever seen at a wedding, no matter how you want to take it? You're laughing. Seen, You've got something. I've apparently. seen. So, I, I've heard very interesting opening lines of best man speeches. <laughs> that was unique. <laughs> I've I've heard. How very did that go again? Fornication such as this. <laughs> Fornication. Uh, yeah. I've heard very interesting father of the bride speeches. Well, that was a great one. No, not particularly. Uh-huh. Thought you were going to knock him out with a champagne bottle. No, um, I, I, I didn't look. I didn't look perturbed, did I? I tried I to was, look. I was mad for you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate was mad that. for you. Uh, but in, in t- you know, uh, I, not meaning to toot my own horn, but we had our wedding at a summer camp. There was mini golf. Um, there was a swing that went over a cliff like <laughs> there was and there is a, seeing there is a big someone's swing. older <laughs> aged aunt i think yes go um, fly yes take that swing was definitely one of the more yes. unique things i have seen at a wedding yes um she seemed I like went, she had fun though she did that she still talks about that swing. yeah um 
I went to a wedding. A high school friend of mine got married at a very fancy wedding in uh, Long Island. Um, So that would, you know, there was there was the fanciest wedding I've ever been to. That is also the only wedding I have been to in which the mother of the groom had to be asked to leave because she was drunk and belligerent. Awesome. So that was entertaining because I have known that mom since I was in fifth grade. So, oh, oh, Linda, hope you're doing well. Um, Yeah. You know, it's like weddings are nice. There's a friend that uh, your wife used, you know, I think. I think they were friends. I don't remember if they were friends. Um, you know, she came to the, you know, she arrived to walk down the aisle in a horse-drawn carriage. That's, for me, dumb, but I'm sure very nice for people who are interested in that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, weddings are lovely. We have we have sort of passed the point of our lives where um, <clears throat> we're going to a lot of weddings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm kind of wedding out. We went to a lot in our, you know, 20s into early 30s. I don't know if this counts per se. And I and I could be wrong about this. Mrs. Manson might have to correct me. But she had a friend who I believe essentially eloped. And mm-hmm. they eventually had like a celebration. So not yep. a wedding per se. Sure. But I do but like think there was like an exchange parties. of vows. Oh, that's weird. Ish thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that took place at like their house that they had bought, which was this old Victorian, which was really kind of neat. And in the backyard were all these tents set up. And basically the tents were there to house this local. Um, well, it even goes beyond. I was going to say local barbecue joint, but technically that joint is owned by this, this, woman's father so but basically it was the most professional barbecue joint catering nice. you could possibly Ooh. have in an event like this and that's that amazing. was pretty freaking awesome i don't yeah. know and so that's i mean i don't unique but like having like a fully decked out barbecue thing that was pretty cool um so that was impressive and oh you know what we also i think this was i could be wrong about this i think this was a co-worker ex-co-worker i think they had already moved on by the time the wedding happened i don't know i forget but it was a mormon wedding oh and so there was mormon underoos that were part of that i think i don't okay i forget exactly how that worked but that was kind of unique also mm-hmm. were they in the underoos or did i just hear a story about the underoos in my memory they were in them but sure. that could be a false memory um yeah. mrs manson again would have to correct me on that but um that was, I was unique also i was at a if that a even lo- happened <laughs> i was at a lovely backyard wedding did that happen um, were there underoos <laughs> were there underoos at the wedding or am i just remembering the story of how she had to go to the place, and she had to be given the underoos because that's part of the the thing. Yes. So there were no underoos at the ceremony. No, but it was just a plain white dress, though yeah, it wasn't she, very ornate. So in my brain, I think I'm conflating that with the underoos. There was another part to the, but that we weren't a part of. Like she had to go to the Mormon temple and like 
get naked and right, and then but then they're 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 given the under ruse also. I don't know the details, but I seem to remember something about that. It was like a multi part mm-hmm. event for her, but we were only at the so I heard part. stories about it. I didn't see the under ruse. I don't think so. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure DC that the wedding dress was not very ornate. I think that's part of sure. the ceremony. And in my brain, I conflated it with the underoos. I'd like to point out that the title of this episode is now Mormon Underoos. <laughs> You're welcome. You should be more respectful about their undergarments. Underoos is respectful. I wear underoos. You wear underoos. DC might not wear underoos. He looks like a commando guy. Not right now. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. So I, 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 I had a false memory there. Okay. Uh, there was a giant moose head though in the, in the. Oh yeah. Okay. Cabin place where all the dancing. Was it was happening. a very nice cabin. Yeah. Thank okay. you for correcting Let's get me. back. Let's get back into Nate's email. Quick wrestling question. So Cody and Jay won the tag titles, then eight days later dropped it right back. Yes, it was because of Jimmy and furthers their story, but do you think hot potatoing titles is ever a good move? Yes, for the reasons you just gave. Yes, I think there's nothing wrong with hot potatoing titles. Yeah, I I don't think there's anything wrong with it except for when it happens too frequently. Exactly. And, And we are living in a world right now in which Roman Reigns has been champion for like a thousand days. Gunther has been champion longer than the honky tonk man. We're in the, we're in the era of long title reigns. Yes. Let's have the titles change hands in two consecutive weeks. There's nothing wrong with that. How um, long did Bruno hold the title for? Well, Mula holds the record because she held it for 28 years. Cause women's wrestling stopped being a thing. Um, Bruno, I think was champion for like six Maybe more, maybe ten, maybe six thousand days. No, that was like six years. Oh, okay. I don't remember. It was a while. Do you think that Hogan, what they're Hogan doing? held the title? Think they're waiting for I, Roman to beat that? No, no. I think they're holding it because they really wanted. They wanted to get rid of the four fifty four for Punk, and then I think they wanted to set a new, brand new record. And now we're biding time until whether it's Cody at WrestleMania forty or somebody else i think we're just now i again i haven't watched the product pretty much the entire time this rain has been going on i think sure um i think i would feel bored how is is that a common consensus or nate we're reading nate's email nate is the guy who is absolutely bored with roman's reign yeah yeah um I can see why people think so. He doesn't appear all the time. Um, like, just like how, you know, hot potatoing titles can be a bad thing. Yeah. Holding a title a long time can be a good thing, sure, but it can yes. also be a bad thing. So, I- yeah. There's a larger story. Here. See, again, if I knew for a fact that we were heading down the road to J, main event Jay Uso being the guy to beat Roman Reigns, then I would be like, okay, then yes, this all makes sense. Do I think we needed a year of Cody Rhodes trying to make his way back to being the guy to beat Roman the second time? It does echo 
dusty roads in 84, 85. He wrestled Ric Flair, lost, went back the next year, wrestled Ric Flair, won by disqualification. So didn't win the title, but he still won. Um, so, you know, I, I don't hate Roman's reign, but I'm also not watching all the time. Mm, um, mm. The matches are good. The people who he's going in the ring with come out looking better than they did when they went in, which is the whole point. Um, oh, and yeah. now we and now we have two champions. So Seth Rollins is over there wrestling his ass off week after week. Um, There's know, two champions on, again. Yeah. Raw's got a world champion and SmackDown's. When did that champion. happen? Because it was unified for a long time, right? It was, and then they stopped. Okay. Um, I don't remember the specifics. Here's a question but for yeah. you, because again, I haven't been sure. watching. And but back in the day, I think we all used to like to rip on Roman for having some lackluster matches, but he yes. improved over time. And it got to yes. the point where even I on the show said he's having, he's performing at extremely high levels. I don't like the guy, correct? But yeah, he his, his matches are good. They're great, even. Mm-hmm. Um. How is, I, again, I haven't watched in like three years or something. How is he doing? Like, ha, is he is he phoning it in? Is he Randy Ortoning this now? Or is he still performing at that real high level? Is he having, I mean, obviously he's having a Hall of Fame career with the title reign and all, but like, is his mm-hmm. in-ring performance still the, the that high level that, that we, that earned our respect? Yes. Good. Um, That's awesome. I think so. Now, here we go. Here are the, I'm not going to count house shows. I'm on cage match. Uh, in August, he wrestled Jey Uso in tribal combat at SummerSlam. Um, what, what, he wrestled. Uh, what, what's, what's tribal combat? I don't know. Okay. It was just a match. All right. Um, he wrestled against the Usos at Money in the Bank in July. He wrestled against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in May. He wrestled against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania in April. So he's only wrestling maybe eight matches a year on television or on pay-per-view. So some people are like, you're supposed to defend the title every 30 days. That rule's over now. Let's get that out of here. That that ended a while ago. Um, Okay. And he's wrestling. hmm. And he's wrestling Cody Rhodes, who is a very good wrestler. Owens and Zayn, very good wrestlers. The Usos, Black Holes of Charisma, though they may be, very good wrestlers. So, you know, he's having good matches against very good opponents. And he is doing, he has stopped. He's not trying to be a power guy. Because I can remember even in the early Roman days, him not being able to power bomb. Mm -hmm. Even middle, you know, he had a bad back. He's not trying to do that. He has changed his style to more be this sort of slow plotting more of a brawler sort of type and it works. Okay. And he said, and I think, I think he's doing well. If you're bored with his title, I get it completely. Um, to make a, another quick point. Here's another reason, Nate, when hot potatoing a title works, uh, Bob Backlund, this is previewing a upcoming episode of my list, my list, what, what my list, um, Bob Backlund beats Bret Hart for the World Wrestling Federation Championship at a Survivor Series. I think it was Survivor Series um, in 95. Within days, he gets beat by Diesel in like eight seconds. 
So Backlund was the transitional champion you needed to get the belt from one top babyface to another top babyface. So that is another time when you need to do that. This wasn't that. This was, I think, Jimmy getting jealous of the fact that Jay's got tag team gold without him getting involved to, you know, continue to be a thorn in his brother's side and causing them to lose the titles back to Judgment Day. So. All right. Mrs. Manson, final email of the evening. Feed me fritters. Hi, DC and Doc. Good news. My senses have returned. Last Friday night, we went out to pick up some pizzas and sitting with them in my lap on the way home, I realized I smelled bacon. Now I don't even eat bacon, but realizing I smelled it on Doc's pizza was wonderful. This past weekend, it seemed like most of my sense of smell and taste returned. I celebrated this joyous event with some fantastic apple and pumpkin fritters at a nearby Harvest Fest on Sunday. I think you might need to do an apple bracket. Which apple delight will reign supreme? Pie, fritters, muffins, crumbles, cakes, crisps, tarts, strudels? I'm 99% sure Doc would rank apple pie a la mode number one, but maybe there would be some surprises. Oh, there'd I'm be kind some of surprises. born. I'm kind of born again on apple fritters, personally. I'm very thankful to be mostly recovered from COVID. Boy, that was a crappy two weeks or two-ish weeks. Cheers to better days ahead, Mrs. M. <clears throat> we could do some bracketing with apples, I think. We could. I thought we were going to have to do an apple bracket like Gala versus Macintosh, Golden Delicious I mean, versus Red Delicious. I suppose we could do that. But yeah, but we could we could we could bandy about some apple ideas. Um thank you to Mrs. Manson and Nate and Banks and Che and Glenn for your emails. Jeremy, clock's ticking. I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh Mr. Dr. Manson. Mr. Dr. Give me that old Give me that old piece of positivity before you put on your Mormon underoos and head out into that wonderful evening. Yeah. Um, honestly, I was thinking about naming that Apple Fest. We had a good time over the weekend. I came home with a 10-inch apple pie that was basically three pounds in weight, and okay. it's gone now. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. 10 inches and three pounds. Yeah, 10 inches of diameter. Yeah, it's a big one. Mrs. Manson's a lucky lady. Last year, we went and we came home with the smaller apple pie. And that was really mm. like, you know, I ate a third of it in a sitting and maybe Mrs. Manson had a third of it total. And then I had another third in a second sitting. So like two sittings and the pie was gone for me, you know. So this year I said, I'm getting the big pie. And it was too much pie. Like, I'm happy <laughs> that I had it and I did finish it. Did you fly too close to the sun when it comes to the pies? They're Icarus. <sighs> like, they need to have a medium-sized pie. The small <laughs> pie was too little pie. The big pie was too much pie. I need more than two sittings of pie, but I don't need, like, eight servings of pie. You know, you, you, know, you feel me? Can you freeze pie? Depends on the like pie. You, Some of it... If you, cut, if you cut, like, a third of the pie, wrapped it up, tossed it in the freezer for later when you want pie? Something like a pumpkin pie will freeze okay, but apple, maybe not so much. Apple. The problem with apple is usually because texturally of the apples. It's not just that, but it's it's also the 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 crust on the top and the bottom tends to get mm. more gummy when you freeze. It's something freeze thawed <clears throat> in a way that okay, if it gets gummy beneath a pumpkin pie, it's kind of forgivable. 
but sure. the top crust with the, never with really the double, yeah yeah doesn't really doesn't really recover. Have, so have you tried the? There's some apparently some old school recipe back when apples were expensive or not as where you can use Ritz crackers and sort. Oh, of I have heard of that. Yeah, um, replicate the the taste of an apple pie. Yeah, with we, Ritz crackers. We had gotten a book from the library that it's based off of some influencer guy. Who like? Did you get baking yesteryear by Dylan Hollis? Yeah, must have. We've returned it already, yeah. but it was, I think it was in there about the Ritz crackers. Um, it was kind of an interesting book. Um, but yeah, so I like. I guess the answer might be buy two small pies, but the two small pies would cost more than the large pie. So at that point, just buy the large pie, eat what you want, and throw the rest away. Right? That just feels wasteful. Mm. But <laughs> I don't know. Bring it into work. Give it to a colleague. Ha! <laughs> Send it to send it to GQ. I'm gonna eat it. GQ, if you wanted some pie, I would have shared it with GQ. I'd share it with you too. Um, and I'm maybe gonna see GQ this weekend. So hey, that's also something to look forward to. Finally, go see that movie. Maybe I don't want to see it anymore, but I mean, we're probably gonna go see it. <laughs> I uh, never wanted I nor- to see it. Who am I kidding? But I normally at this point would have mentioned. The Sound Scary podcast, because they have a brand new episode um, about the movie Slither. Uh, but you're not listening, huh? I've been distracted, which is my piece of positivity. Mm. Uh, I, one of my favorite, let's see if I can tie this all together. Um, we were talking about Halloween. One of my favorite Halloween costumes I ever had was I was an officer on the Star Trek, on the Starship Enterprise from Star Trek, The Next Generation. And my cousin and I had similar costumes. His was handmade by my aunt. Mine was store-bought. Mine looked so much better than his. Um, The captain of the good ship Enterprise is Jean-Luc Picard, played brilliantly by Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart has a new audio, a new memoir out. I have got the audiobook from Audible, and it is 18 hours long. So on my trips back and forth to work, and while I am doing my household chores, I am listening to the dulcet tones of Sir Pat Stew, Sir Patrick Stewart, uh, reading from his audiobook. So I am very behind on my podcast because I have been locked in. Uh, the audiobook of uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Very interesting. I've only gotten up to his early days working in the theater, um, having even gotten to his, um, you know, American acting and Hollywood roles and all of that. I'll hear about, I'm sure, Star Trek and X-Men and his friendship with Ian McKellen and all of that. But uh, it, it's called Making It So. Um, and if you are a fan of Patrick Stewart or either any of the work he's done, uh, highly recommend checking it out. It's a long audiobook, but it's been very enjoyable. Okay. And so once I finish that, which hopefully maybe will be this weekend, the first podcast I will be diving back into is my good friends at Sound Scary. Likely story. So there we have it, friends. Another fun-filled episode. Um, you have a homework assignment. Clearly, you need to go and Look, the, the UK besties need to tell us about the American cookies in your, your mega marts and your local shops. Uh, everyone else, tell us what you know about Mormon under ruse. Doc Manson, 
Anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts run on the air, you can send us an email, podcast at eddwrestling.com. And if you like what you heard, and I don't know how you could, but if you did, head over to patreon.com forward slash Wrestling. You gave us just a little bit of financial support. Help us keep the lights like it's a podcast train. Oh, chugging along. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you to those besties who do support us over there on the Patreon, including, surprise to him, Jeremy. Uh, he is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a lovely middle of the October weekend. Until we meet again, my friends, won't ya be a bestie?